Welcome to the Ferris Love Shrine podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we're talking with Kara Franced, Chief Operations Officer of KMH Financial Services. Welcome, Kara. Hello. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. We're really excited to talk to you today and specifically to talk to you about children and finance, uh, which is a really unique thing. But before we dive into that, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Tell us a little bit why you are qualified to tell us about this. So I, starting at about 16, I decided I was going to be an astronaut. Um, And now you're like, well, how did we end up here? Yes. Um, So I actually, I started my career in the military um, because I was going to be an astronaut. So Um, And then I did about five years in the Navy. Um, I did missiles and airplanes um, and drove ships. Um, And then I had been married for about two years at that point, like when I got to about the five year mark and my husband and I had spent two years on opposite sides of the world. Oh, yeah. We wanted to start a family and I thought, you know what? I think we're done here. So I got out of the military and I was going to go into finance, but I found myself pregnant and um, really hard to get a job in finance if you're very obviously pregnant. Sure. So my mom had this financial services company who I probably worked for her since I was seven stuffing envelopes at five cents an envelope. And at 16, when I was like, I'm going to be an astronaut, she said, well, have you ever thought about finance? And I was like, yeah, over my dead body. Well, anyway, here we are. (laughs) Here you are. Um, And so she started laying these breadcrumbs for me um, as I was thinking about transitioning out of the military, just saying like, hey, you know, like um, finance is a service as well, because I wanted to Mm. serve. I wanted to, you know, to continue that sort of service that I had in the military And she was like, you know, we serve our clients too. Mm. Um, So she had this really interesting philosophy towards personal finance um, that I found to be really interesting. And I thought, why not? And my mom and I get along really well. We have a great relationship and we work really well together. Um, And so here we are almost, gosh, maybe almost eight years later. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then um, I got a master's at Columbia University. I graduated in May um, and I got my CFP immediately. And mm-hmm. here we are. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so one of the things that you've blogged about before and, and spoken of previously is just the importance of teaching children about finance. And so I'd love to get your take on like, why do you think this is really important to start very young teaching kids about finance and money? So I think any of the things that you need to teach your children to be functioning adults start Mm -hmm. as young children. Mm -hmm. So you start teaching your children to brush their teeth at two. You Mm -hmm. teach them to say please and thank you uh, at a very young age. Um, Any of those things that you want to teach your child to be a good functioning adult, a good soul and a good citizen of the world start very young. Um, and finance is no different. Um, being a responsible saver, spender, uh, consumer also starts very young. So it's the same idea that good habits start early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that makes total sense. And especially for such a big part of life, which is finance and money and budgeting and all of that kind of stuff. And people often don't talk about it or don't feel comfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure you see that. I was, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but I was on a bike ride the other day with a couple of friends and I was like, have your parents ever told you about finance? 
I'm like, we're all in our thirties. And they're like, nope, never. Like I, like we sort of watched them and learned a little bit. And I think a lot of parents think you're going to learn by osmosis or whatever. Right. But like, that's not how it happens. So, um, what can you, can you kind of paint that picture, I guess, of like, what can happen when children aren't given kind of a healthy understanding of money and finance? Um, so if you come into the world as an adult, you know, imagine you're graduating from college as most people do. Um, parents are expecting these children to be an adult when they graduate and to be fully on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're making a lot of avoidable mistakes uh, that they never learned, you know, things that their parents just assumed they would learn, but you're not going to know it's You're never taught it. So uh, like, it's not something you learn in school. You know I mean? I took an economics class in college and, mm-hmm. you know, we learned about supply and demand. We didn't learn about credit scores and, you know, budgeting or any of those other, you know, we didn't learn about IRAs and 401ks. We didn't learn about any of that stuff. Um, so no, these are not things that people are learning about. And then, you know, the kid starts their first job and, you know, somebody says, do you want to, you know, sign up for the 401k? And they're like, I don't know what that is. Um, no, don't take my money. You know, like, so there's a lot of misconception that they will automatically know or learn, but like how many parents are talking about their 401k at the dinner table? Not very many. So the earlier you start, the earlier you learn. I mean, my parents talked about it all the time, but that was Mm. my my mom was in the business. So that was something that we, you know, I think I started budgeting at 10. So I I mean, it's the earlier you start, the better off you will be in Mm -hmm. terms of adult skills by the time you need them. That makes sense. So how do you suggest kind of parents begin? Like what should they do? Or like, how do they start navigating this with their children? Uh, I say start immediately. Um, and it's very simple. So I I, ha- I have a couple of parenting theories that kind of go beyond um, Great. beyond the uh, you know the money realm here. Um, your children rise to the level of your expectations. So like mm-hmm. when you tell a four year old, no, you can't have that toy when you're in the store. It's not in the budget, but you can put it on their Christmas list. They don't know what a budget is. Mm-hmm. But that opens the door for them to ask a lot of questions. What's mm-hmm. a budget? Why do we have one? Why does it matter? Um, and that whole thing, you know, then begins to like, once they, they, they know that you're open to discussing this, um, that's when the conversation starts to flow. Sure. I like this idea too, because it's starting early, but giving them like the whys. Cause I think a lot of parents are like, no, you can't have this. And in their head, they're thinking, we don't have the money for this. Like I can't be buying you something every time we go to the store, but not necessarily saying that. Right. But even by just adding that little extra phrase and like, it's not in the budget, right. Yeah. Makes, can make a big difference. And like you said, can open that realm of communication. Yeah. And I think too, parents don't want to say we don't have the money for this because mm-hmm. that's like a very negative connotation and then they don't want the kids to worry or whatever. And, and, you know, like I, I think that that's totally understandable. And so say by saying it's not in the budget and then the kids say, well, why? And you say, well, we have other things that we need to spend the money on. So like one of the things when my kids asked me when, when we had this conversation initially, it was a while ago, but they say, well, why? And I said, well, we need to buy this food, don't we? That's in this grocery cart. Mm-hmm. And um, I only have this much money for all that food. And if I add that toy 
then we don't have enough money for the food. So what, what of this food are we going to put back? Are we mm. going to put back those Oreos that you really wanted or whatever? So mm -hmm. it's about also t then you're teaching those choices. Like, mm -hmm. do I want, you know, do I want the Oreos or do I want the toy? Because there's only enough money for one or, you know, there's, so there's all kinds of ways that you can take it um, for young children and without stressing them out that you don't necessarily have the money. And it may not even be that you don't have the money, but that you don't want them to be spoiled having the, you know, getting a toy every time that you show up to the store, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you might have the money, but it still might not be in the budget necessarily. Right. right? Like, cause you can exactly. have it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like that. Um, so beyond that kind of those initial conversations where you're kind of dropping these little nuggets and kind of like the keywords and stuff like that, like, are there, do you see there are certain, I don't know, stepping stones, that a parent can kind of guide a child along so that they go from like, no, that's not in the budget to, I don't know, they're in college and they're, and they're kind of beginning to man their own finances and whatnot, or they have that first job and they do know what a 401k is. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a six-year-old and one of the most recent things that she's been wanting is the stress, I think, for dance or something like that, or a toy or a Lego set. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> And we've had the budget conversation many times. And of course, this conceptually is very difficult for young children to grasp. Sure. And I know that she doesn't necessarily know. She gets the idea. But then I said, why don't you use your own money um, to buy that? And she said, well, I don't think I have enough. And I said, okay, well, why don't you um, do some jobs and earn a little bit of money? And she asked me for some suggestions. Hmm. So I said, when I was a kid, we used to do lemonade stands. Um, I used to shovel snow. I used to do car washes. I just <laughs> named off some of the things that I did as a kid to make money. Um, so unbeknownst to me, the next day, she got a little tray out on the front porch and she opened a bag of popcorn, dumped it into a bowl and an open bag of cookies and had a little cookie stand in the front on the front porch Adorable. nobody bought anything except my nanny felt so bad for her she gave her 25 cents oh. so um she comes back and she goes you know i have 25 cents now and i said okay um did your sister help you and she said yeah she did and i said so does she also deserve some of that money <laughs> and she goes oh well yeah and I said, okay, well, then that 25 cents isn't yours. You have to pay her too. And so now we're getting into other concepts. Sure. And so it's it's a it's a process. Like the one thing opens the door to another. Mm -hmm. And so now she's paying my other daughter to do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, which um, is like, okay, now we have to have another conversation. Um, but she called my mom and she yeah. asked my mom if she could weed the garden. Um, she said, Hey grandma, can I come weed the garden? And then she asked me every week when we're going to go, when she can go weed grandma's garden because she really wants to buy this thing. So, you know, this goes beyond money. This is, you know, a lot of life skills happening here, but, um, it starts with this idea that money does not grow on trees and that's a hard concept to understand, mm -hmm. but now she knows where money comes from. You have to work for it. Um, mm -hmm. and we have to talk about that all the time because at the beginning she had no idea where money came from and why we only had a finite amount of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause as a child, it seems endless. Like mm -hmm. my mom was always just going to the store and getting things and it's just there. Use that card. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That card, that magical card. <laughs> oh yeah. That's great. Um, and I, there's so many like good little nuances that 
parents can learn from that, just that story of, you know, even industriousness, like helping the kids come up with their own way of kind of making money and not just giving it to them or even not just giving them an allowance, but having them working a little bit for what they're getting as opposed to just like, here's just money I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. Um, That's great. What would you say are kind of the mistakes, um, maybe the number one mistake that parents make often when kind of educating their children about finances? Oh, I think there's the first one is um, not talking about it okay, um, or, or having it be a taboo subject. Mm. Um, so I have known people where they did not speak about money in their house. And so then, of course, it becomes this that your, your psychological understanding of money is formed very young. Mm-hmm. So if that's how it is in your house that you can't talk about it, then your kids, when they're making mistakes, are, are not going to come to you to ask if this is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that goes beyond money, but to a lot of different, you know, topics. Um, but money is something that has so many different applications throughout your life that you want them to come ask you. Um, or, and, you know, maybe you're not the best at managing your money, but you might know somebody who is, mm-hmm. um, and you can direct them to the right person. Um, but at least having that line of communication open that this is not a taboo subject and this is mm-hmm. something that we can discuss. Sure. That makes sense. Um, any other mistakes that you, you kind of see people are making generally? Um, I have one that's like a controversial topic. That's all right. Um, the allowance. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that allowances are very problematic. Mm. Um, this, but this, I, you know, this, it's a controversial topic and a lot of people will say, um, you know, I know a lot of people who do it. I have a lot of friends who do it and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll say, well, I'm giving them the opportunity to learn how to handle money. Mm. Um, but in fact, you're just reinforcing that money grows on trees mm. so, you know, because mm-hmm. you're just giving them money. And then I have, you know, friends who will say, well, I'm not giving them money. They're doing chores around the house and that's what they're earning money for. And to which my response is, I don't get any money for being a mom. I don't get any money. I don't get any money for making dinner or, you know, cleaning your boo-boo or giving you a Band-Aid or any of those Mm -hmm. other chores around the house, emptying the dishwasher. This is just family life. Mm -hmm. And when you grow up and you're a roommate, your kid's not going to get any money for being a good roommate and putting their dirty socks in the laundry. It's the same concept to me. Right. Totally. Um, so the idea of the allowance is something that people do try to use as an opportunity to teach their kids about money. But I think that they're, um, missing some things along Mm -hmm. the way because at at that age, then money might as well grow on trees. Sure. Yeah, I totally, I can totally see that. And it's funny that you bring that up because, um, in episode 19 of the podcast, we had, um, Pilar Cronti talking about forming the will of your children. And in that too, she was like, allowances are bad. She was like, you should not get paid to be a functioning member of your family. Like that's not what this is about. So, but I am curious though. So no to the allowances, but like, would you like your the six-year-old daughter who's looking to get that dress or whatever, like if she did extra things beyond the normal expectations of the six-year-old in your house, would you consider then giving her something to kind of help boost her? Um, funds? Uh, I think then what I would do is um, instead of paying her for it as like a 
money is a reward for doing something extra, probably Mm -hmm. like I'll let you stay up an extra 10 minutes with me Mm -hmm. and we'll read a book or just something as like a mother to a daughter instead of like a, um, like an employer to an employee kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Although I do think that in that case there, that, that makes a better um, argument for giving them a little bit extra. But I think then once you start to open the door, Mm -hmm. once you open the door, it, um, you know, things can start to slide. Then they're like, well, what else can I get money for? Yep. Yeah. 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 I can tell you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's good for kids to be industrious and find different ways. Like I have a brother who mowed lawns and then shoveled driveways for like two years to pay for a trip that he really wanted to go on. And that was what he did. He just literally went like door to door to all the neighbors and they ended up loving him and then telling other neighbors and that kind of a thing. But if he had just been handed all that, you know, money to go on the trip himself, he probably yeah. wouldn't have been as good at. Yeah, exactly. That. I think it, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference if you have to do it yourself. Absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, do you have any tips or tricks or tools that you suggest parents use when kind of starting to teach their children about finances? And navigating? Um, I think the earliest, the the other thing for young children, or, or even if you haven't done it yet with a little bit older children, is going to a physical bank location to mm. open a bank account. Um and I know a lot of people do online banking. Um, I do too. Um, but we do have an account that at a institution that has a um, physical location. Sure. And um, that's one of the things that we're working towards now. She wants to take the extra funds and she wants to open a bank account, but you need $50 to do that at the place where we're going. Mm-hmm. And it's more it's it's easier to understand in a physical location sure. and then you're talking to a bank teller and you're talking to all these people and you know you're filling out the paperwork to open mm-hmm. the account and it's much more real sure. than sitting next to you at a computer and like click 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 okay it's open congratulations <laughs> okay you're done yeah exactly all right. my six-year-old's gonna be like what just happened yeah right not i don't understand um, uh, so going to an actual physical bank location to open a bank account and, you know, I would even maybe consider that some quality time too. You go get some ice sure. cream after it or go to the store or whatever it is. That you mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, it's like a rite of passage. You have your own. Yeah. Now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So lots of, um, lots of little things in there, but that's mm-hmm. probably one of the bigger ones for young children. Okay. Um, that like is, is sort of a rite of passage, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm curious too, like we've talked a lot about younger children, but what about, I don't know, like high school or college children? Like what are some things that we can help use to help them kind of navigate? Cause finances are very different. If you're 16, you have the car, right. Versus six when you just want a pretty dress. So I almost think it's easier mm. for the older kids or okay. easier to discuss it with the older kids. Um, because they have a better conceptual understanding of these types of things. You know, some of them are doing calculus and and Mm -hmm. can understand higher math. So, um, I almost think it's easier to deal with the older Mm -hmm. kids than it is with the younger kids. Yeah, that's Um, great. So I, I think that at this point, budgeting becomes really important. Mm. Um, when I was 16 and I had a car, I, after school went to Chipotle with my friends a couple times a week, um, I also ran a lot of errands for my parents. And so there was a certain amount of gas that was considered mine and a certain amount of gas that my parents paid for because I was running there. I was picking up other kids, siblings, et cetera. So 
Um, but anything that I bought not from anything that I bought not for the family was my own money. So, mm. um, you know, my mom might be like, hey, go pick up milk on the way home. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, her money. But then I had to, if I wanted to, you know, to get a burrito on the way home, then that was my money. Mm-hmm. So I think that the easiest thing to do would be to sit down with them and create a budget. And even mm-hmm. if you're not that great with your own finances, a, mm-hmm. a budget for a 16 year old should be pretty simple. Okay. Um, you know, X amount of money for gas, uh, X amount of money for hanging out with your friends. And then if there's something else that they're going for or trying to save for, then mm-hmm. that's, you know, then you say like, well, if you go out to Chipotle twice a week, then that money doesn't get saved for your summer trip as quickly mm-hmm. as if you only went once a week. So you're showing trade-offs sure. um, and it's a conversation that you can then have as opposed to they get to the end of the year and wonder why they don't have enough money for their trip. Mm-hmm. So almost yeah. easier, I think, with with older kids because you can talk to them about it. That's true. They, they tend to be a little more rational sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit more. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I think too, like I'm curious to get your take, like for the college kids, I feel like we just have this, such a a culture right now of like, uh, just student loans, like just take them all on. And like, then you'll just deal with it later. And so I'd love to hear kind of your take on that and kind of helping people. I mean, especially like college kids, like really think through like, do you really want a hundred grand in debt? Like, and what that means. Cause I think a lot of people are like, yeah, like whatever, like everyone does this, but is that like, how do you have that conversation and, and walk people through that? Whoosh. That's a can of worms. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, so, um, a lot of things here. Um, 529 accounts are accounts that parents can contribute to. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had a lot a lot of people my age tell me that they do not want to contribute to a 529 account because it means that their children will have less in financial aid packages. Mm. Um, in fact, that is not true. No. Good. Um, so a, a 529 counts towards something like 5% of your expected family contribution. It's tiny. It changes every year. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's like, approximately five. Mm-hmm. It's tiny. So a, uh, you know, $50,000 in a 529 is not going to move the needle that much. Okay. Um, and then what is a financial aid package? Does anybody really know what a financial aid package is or what it's made up of? It's not free money. Yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah but it feels think, like it. It I feels know, like it when you get it in the mail. People think it is. Yeah. Financial aid package is free money and it's not, it just means student loans. So if as a parent, you're saying, I'm not going to contribute to anybody's 529 because my kid will get more in financial aid. That means my kid will get more in student loans. Mm. And, and maybe, maybe that's, you know, you just can't afford it and that's fine, but there are tons of, um, I live in Maryland and Maryland has a free match program. So if you make less than $190,000 a year or something like that, um, and you contribute at least $250 over the course of the year. So imagine $250 divided by 12 is like nothing mm-hmm. over the course of a year, they will match your $250. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, in 18 years, you might have enough to get them through one semester of room and board. If you go sure. to state school, maybe two, mm-hmm. but, but that every little bit counts. And I think that that's the concept that people don't understand is mm-hmm. like, you know, like maybe if you're, you know, 
lucky and you have some family money, this isn't a concern to you. But if you're like the majority of Americans, this is going to be a concern and it's not going to be simple to cover a hundred thousand dollars in um, your child's education, especially if you have several children. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more children you have, the harder it is to cover a hundred thousand dollars for each kid. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't contribute. And that doesn't mean that your kids can't contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's where you start. So it, it starts from the parents and their idea of how we're going to save for college and mm. college is not cheap. And yeah, it's hard to understand or get across to an 18 year old that they're taking out all these loans that are going to, you know, be really problematic later on. Um, you know, particularly if you're getting like a, you know, musical theater degree and you're not sure how you're going to pay off a hundred thousand yeah. dollars student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, but all those things are conversations that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, maybe they do decide to get a musical theater degree and take out a hundred thousand dollars of loans, but at least you've had the conversation with them sure. that this is going to be an, a potential issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and financial aid does not mean free money. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good clarification. I think, um, I think too, like to our earlier conversations, like starting early where we're talking, like we don't have the money for this and then helping them come up with budgets when they're in high school and all that kind of stuff will probably also kind of pave the way for better decisions as they're kind of considering colleges and like taking out their loans and all of that kind of stuff. Cause I mean, I can remember going up to college. I mean, like, yeah, like I knew it wasn't free money, but like, I was like, that's like, I'm going to make money. So it's not going to be hard to pay this off. And then you get a job and you start paying it off and you're like, I'm going to be paying this off until I die. Like I, I it's, it's never going to end because I just never, like I'd never made a budget before. So I'm like, I don't know, like I'll just pay it off. Right. Um, but if you start earlier, you probably have a better idea too, like a little more clarity on like what exactly this is going to mean and how long this is really going to take and, and what that means you won't be able to do because you don't have that money, right? Like, mm-hmm. so maybe you're driving a really old car for a really long time, or maybe yeah. you're living in a tiny studio apartment forever for a while yeah. or whatever. Or at and, home, like many people are Or at home, <laughs> in the basement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so interesting. This was so helpful. I wonder, before we sign off, are there... I don't know, like what, tips or tricks for parents, maybe if they're not good at their own finances, like how do they start kind of navigating this if they're like oh I don't even have a like we don't even have a family budget like we don't need like or we're living paycheck to paycheck like we I I don't know like how do we even start this um I think the most important thing to realize is that it's never too late to start um and I know it can feel overwhelming Mm -hmm. um but I always when I talk to people about this I always use the example of early childhood education Um, my background is in the military I um, now have finance under my belt. I know absolutely nothing about early childhood education. Mm-hmm. So what, but what do you do when you want something for your kids? What do you do when you want to learn something to give your kids the best you can? If the whole point of raising a child is to send them off in the world to be a good soul and a good citizen and to function for the betterment of society, what are you willing to do mm-hmm. to do that? So in, in my case, I had to read a ton of books about mm-hmm. early childhood education. What am I doing? How do I help? What are things mm-hmm. I can do to work with the natural gifts? What can I do to help them with their struggles? 
How do I get them to learn? You know, all of these kinds of things. It's not any different. If you want to have something better for your children and a budget can help that because you're saving for future goals that could help them like college or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's, maybe it's secondary school, maybe it's high school. You want to send them to a really expensive, really good high school and you need to start saving now. Mm -hmm. So if having a budget would help with those things, is that what you want? Is that, is that your primary goal? What are you willing to do to get there? Mm -hmm. Um, So to give your kids the best that you can give them, from yourself. So in my case, the best that I could give them from myself as a mother, I wanted to learn about early childhood education. Sure. And so if that's what you want to do, or if you want to learn more about Mm -hmm. finances, and you're not in the place to do that, what are you like, what are you willing to do? Mm -hmm. Like, it's never too late to start. Never. I love this. Um, Do you have resources or book suggestions that you think people should like dive into podcasts? I don't know. Um, there's a couple of people on Instagram I follow that I really Great. like. Um, I'm actually, because of my licenses, I'm not allowed to um, post this kind of stuff on Instagram. Oh, sure. Um, because it's not approved. I, I post a lot of stuff on um, on LinkedIn, but I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are not on LinkedIn. Um, there's one I really like called She Wolf of Wall Street. Her last name is Wolf. So perfect. Yeah. She W O L F E Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and she actually does really interesting budget breakdowns, like, Hmm. um, how a 29 year old budgets of $53,000 salary. So Hmm. like, um, simple, basic stuff. There's another one, um, that I like called Beautiful Budget. Mm. Um, and you know, none of these people, I will say none of these people have any like credentials that, you know, are like, otherwise they wouldn't be on Instagram. Right. Right. Um, But they have, but having followed them for a while now, they have, they have, um, useful tools. Great. Um, and those are kind of the, the, the easiest way to start is to start looking at Instagram. And I feel like, especially on social media, when you're on Instagram, like people um, make it easier to consume. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good place to start if picking up a book is too difficult. And then once you start following those people, they'll post books and they have recommendations and stuff like that. So um, I would start with the easy to consume stuff. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And we'll, I'll link to both of those accounts you mentioned in the show notes so that people can find them easily as well. So awesome. Before we sign off, any last pearls of wisdom you want to share with our audience? Um, I think that it's, you know, there's so many things that are going on in family life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Case in point, I have a kid here who's just like ready for her snack. Um <laughs> there's so many things that are going on in family life. It's easy to put your budget on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to say, I'm just, you know, going to live day to day and figure it out as I go along. Um, but the problem is, is that um, hope is not a strategy. Mm. Like I hope this will be fine and I hope we'll get there is not a strategy. And mm-hmm. you have to plan for what you want. There is no way you're gonna accidentally trip and fall into an excellent savings account. Yep. It's just not it's like not possible. Mm-hmm. So if you want to achieve your goals, you need to make some make some plans. Um and I think that it's you know, the best gift that you could give your family mm-hmm. is to have everything, you know, set up 
in a way that makes sense for your family. And that looks yeah. different for every family too. You know, there's no two situations that are alike, but mm -hmm. um, don't worry that you may not have done it yet. It's never mm -hmm. too late to start. I love it. I love it. Hope it's not a strategy. Never too late to start. Perfect. Perfect way to end. Thank you so much, Kara, for this conversation. It was excellent. Oh, thank you. This was fun. I love talking mm -hmm. about this stuff. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Shrine podcast. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org to learn more about our project and share this episode of the podcast.